A lot of schools are cheating with the NCAA transfer portal. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. In today's episode, we are going to break down what is exactly going on with the portal and cheating. Thank you for checking this out again today. This show can be found anywhere you get your podcasts for free and on YouTube, part of the awesome Locked On Network, your team every day. And this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So again, there are a lot of teams cheating with the NCAA transfer portal, and I wanted to give a broad overview of it, just get started. But then I'm going to give my take on who, what, when, where, and why. And that's what we're doing now. So here's the deal. It's too easy to cheat. Why? The NCAA doesn't hammer anybody. This is something I've talked about in recruiting a little bit and a little bit of it with the portal in prior episodes here at Locked On Seminoles, but it's becoming paramount. The money's too big for these coaches. They don't want to get fired. They'll do anything they can to win now. The best way to do that is to steal somebody else's player from another roster that's already been developed at the college level, not a high school kid, at the college level that is proven. You see it all the time. You see this kid from so-and-so state, Southwestern U, whatever, some kid that kind of went under the radar. Maybe he was a track kid that played football once he got to college, whatever. Who is this kid? He's transferring to, to a big-name box school. Do you think that he just suddenly showed up there? Do you think these kids jump in the transfer portal without any knowledge? of where they're going, give me a break. If you're on YouTube watching this and you can look at the sidebar, you see some names over there. There are Caden Proctor. He's the kid at left Bama, offensive tackle. He's from the state of Iowa. <clears throat> Saban retired. He went back to Iowa. I'll talk about him. That It's a hilarious violation that was just really dumb. That's one. Noah Fafita, the discussion, ironically, again, about Bama, Kalen DeBoer, whether he did or did not have somebody on his staff or him or whatever, cheating. That's a big one that's going on right now. There are other ones. Uh, Florida State was allegedly involved with one. They got violations with one of their coaches. Everybody's done something. It's usually a unique one-off in some way, shape, or form. But our school is really using it a lot. Depends on what your debate is. USC got hammered over the last couple of years publicly, but the NCAA didn't do anything. And I think that's the biggest problem. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, note this. The biggest problem, again, the toothless NCAA doesn't want to hammer people. They'll give a scholarship here or there. But guys that win like an award, a national award, the receiver from Pitt goes out to USC right after. He only had one more year of college. He's going to leave that and go to another school. He's not going without money. You know what I mean? Like there, there was some kind of an inducement. So let's go back to Proctor. One of the guys at Iowa decided that he is going to send a message to this kid. Somebody Iowa obviously recruited heavily. He's from their state. He was an elite offensive tackle. Every school in the country pretty much offered Cade the scholarship. 
Well, why in the world would you send a text message? Don't leave a paper trail. Hint, if you're going to cheat, don't leave a paper trail, electronic trail, anything of that nature. And it got self-reported by Iowa after Proctor decided to go ahead and transfer back to Iowa and save and left. That one is hilarious because it's so bad and it's not a big deal. Proctor probably would have went. That's that that message probably wasn't a huge deal. Although I don't know, maybe it, maybe it was, maybe that started something else that's off the grid. The NCAA doesn't know about, but again, Iowa self-reported. That's a different kind of deal. Second part to that, it kind of opens the door. If all we get is this, that we self-reported, it's like a, a slap on the wrist and we get a five-star kid or if another school sees, okay, Iowa, they get a five-star left tackle here. That's all they got for it. That opens the door again. The NCAA has to drop the hammer, bowl bands, major scholarship. There is no other way. These schools do not care. They are going to cheat like crazy. You have to do it. Why don't they? Well, the NCAA doesn't want to cut their own pocketbook. They don't want to see schools not going to bowls. They don't want to see schools losing. Fans don't go to games. That's why cheating is a problem. There is no friendly here. So next up, the one that's I'm trying to research, and I'm sure a lot of other people in the media are as well right now. Noah Fafita, redshirt freshman this past season for the Arizona Wildcats. He came in for a banged-up quarterback. Nobody knew much about this kid. He barely played. He went out through 72.4% completion rate, which is outstanding, and he threw 25 touchdowns, 2,800-plus yards. Yeah, when you're playing for a mid-level Pac-12 team, the former Pac-12, that's pretty darn good. Now, he's got a couple of really good receivers and stuff that he was throwing to. I get that. And Jeb Fish was his coach. If you don't know who he is, he's got guy just took the Washington job that Caleb DeBoer left. Still, he's a, he's a known commodity. First thing, his dad comes out and says, hey, you know, at one point, Alabama, blah, blah, this and that, contacts us. Then he just came out with something last night on a tweet. That's all BS. Well, you're the one that made that quote, so people can read that any way they want. Whether or not he just misspoke didn't say it right the first time. I have no idea. But to think that Alabama, who's had quarterback issues, what was it? They threw 116 yards in passing in the bowl game against Michigan. Yeah, that's terrible. Is looking for a quarterback is the understatement. Again, like with the Iowa situation, Alabama's at a no, no loss here. They're not, they're not going anywhere next year without a quarterback. Kalen DeBoer's offense is uber quarterback driven. To think that if I was going to bet on this, I would say there's probably been something, but it, it wasn't just a Bama thing. They get thrown out there because it's Bama. That's a major program. It's one of the most dominant programs in college football history, if not the most. That means there are more people going to mention it. How many other schools? I have no idea. Mr. Fafita didn't go into that, but if you want, you can read about it on The Athletic. There was an article a ways back about it, and there's been some other spinoffs from that that have been quoted here in the last day or so. But again, People are trying to get kids to go in the portal. It's not changing until something happens from the NCAA. Caden Proctor, big-time player. Fafita, proven player. Proctor started as a freshman for Bama, which is pretty hard on at any position, let alone offensive tackle. These are guys that are changing the game. There's no way around it. You have to do something about it. Here's the last one I'm going to use as an example from one USC to another, South Carolina running back Marshawn Lloyd. He's from D.C. originally, has a really good season at South Carolina, and all of a sudden he's transferring all the way to Los Angeles this past year. 
You can look into what's going on with that. You can look up his name, type in transfer portal tampering or whatever. You'll find some articles. It took me about three seconds. These are the kinds of players that are people going after. They're not going after your mid-level backup. They're going after your dude. There's inducements with NIL. And again, if you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see it as well. But this is another NCAA problem. Everybody knows that NIL is kind of here to stay if you paid any attention to it and done any research on your own. If you haven't, I'm telling you, it's here to stay. And it's just going to be used in a way that people don't want to hear about it. It's an inducement. You're going to see it. I'm guessing that some of the boosters at some of these schools are doing it that way. And there can still be cash payments. But to get a guy like Lloyd, who's a downhill runner, who has a chance to get drafted, who has a chance to be a starter one day in the National Football League, yeah, they're going to take some risks to get that guy. Again, there is one path to stop this. One. Hammer them. There's no friendly. They have to drop the hammer. Some of the schools that have done it, they've gotten slapped. Florida State's thing to hit was a little more than some others, but they, they, you know, they didn't even do a ton. What, what do you think that a guy like Lloyd, who was a dominant player, he could he can go for 100 yards in an SEC game. What do you think was given to him? SC's gotten all these guys he's transferred from all over, and they haven't gotten anything. That's kind of weird to me. How does that happen? There's no consistency either. That's what I'm pointing to. It's very odd. So on the second part of this here after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about what comes next, what we need to look for, basically, with all these teams, because with the landscape of college football changing, obviously Florida State trying to get out of the ACC, et cetera, this is just another fly in the ointment that college football does not need. There needs to be a plan. So we're going to talk about that here in just one second. First off, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Uh, to be honest, it, it's probably the easiest job board that I've ever been around and I've used it in some way, shape, or form for over a decade. Several of my friends have as well and keep profiles, not only with the opportunity to get jobs, but to stay in connection with opportunities with people they know to help them find them in addition to what LinkedIn does. It's a great network in a social type of way. LinkedIn doesn't just have a job board. This is a vast network of more than a billion professionals. I want you to think about that. Over a billion people use this. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours on LinkedIn jobs. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. What would you do? And for anybody on YouTube or whatever, you want to drop a, a comment, fire away. Um, this is not an easy situation for me to look at and just give an answer. I'm not saying I, I am the end-all be-all here. I'm just saying these are my thoughts. This is what I would do if I was the NCAA penalty. You're going to have to take the short-term loss for the long-term game. That's, again, there's one way. you got to drop the hammer. This is what I would do. Take it for what it's worth. I would say there's a minimum of five scholarships lost, even for like what I mentioned the guy at Iowa did. Why do I say that? 
because you're going to be real clear with those people when you hire somebody. There's a ton of these guys and gals that work in these back offices. That's not. Ferentz didn't send that message, but he's responsible for his program, right? Well, when you're hiring these people, it's in the language. If you do any of this, you are terminated. If we want, you know, I have to terminate them. If we want, and there's no more pay, blah, blah, blah. If you do X, Y, Z, it'll probably be 10 pages of stuff. You know how these hiring packages are. First page is here's what you get. And there's 20 pages of how we can get rid of you. This is just another one. You have to have five or more scholarships lost because that means you're taking away wins. You're taking away fans. You're taking away money. Those are the things they want. That's how these people stay in business to make the money. The ADs get raises. The coaches get raised. The people in the back office, all of it. Minimum five scholarships, even for a minor one. That's got to happen with the transfer portal tampering. Number two, if a, a coach, back office person, whatever, does it, that doesn't mean they're automatically out of the business. They're not blackballed, at least not, not by my book and what I'm explaining. This is what I would say. Sometimes you hear about the three strikes you're out. The second one, I think you got to sit out. If you get caught a second time, it's got to be you got to go. Because I wouldn't even be doing this podcast if I wasn't hearing a lot of stuff behind the scenes I can't even really talk about. And this is just the way it works. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about this instead of just covering recruiting and basic football stuff, basic roster, scheduling, uh, things going on in the weight room, whatever. That's what I'm supposed to do. But everything now is transactional news, and it's all bad. This kid's leaving. This kid's thinking about leaving. And it's because of these people that are inducing kids to get in the portal. And that goes to the boosters, too. Here's the extension of what I'm saying about somebody getting fired and or having to set out like a show clause with NCAA recruiting out of the high school JUCO ranks. If a booster is direct in some of this, it's pretty obvious. Whether it was a $500 offer or a $300,000, whatever, they've got to be taken out of that collective or out of the booster club. It doesn't matter if it's Florida State, Washington, anybody in between. They have to be. Again, you have to take the money away. The schools will enforce things when they lose money. That's not a newsflash because that's what every business does. This is part of the problem. They're afraid to say anything because they don't want the inducements to go away for their own selves. Meaning, hey, if you're, if you're around these kids and all this, we're happy to have you set up something with them, you know, do the NIL correctly or whatever. But if they're not allowed to be a part of those clubs, the school is probably going to lose some donations too. Let's not kid ourselves. You got to take it away. That's all an extension. Third part of this, and I, I don't know how likely this would be to happen because NCA again, is about as toothless as it gets because they don't want to cut their own pocket. But if a school gets hit a second time, whether it's the booster that does it on his own, whether it's somebody in your office, whatever, this is as broad as it gets, there has to be something beyond. Again, I mentioned earlier, five scholarships as a minimum for any kind of violation. The second one has to be at least 10. You're not winning games if you're down 10 scholarships. What happens when you don't win games? People get fired, they lose money. There's not as many donations, people don't get money. The school will be reprimanded like just publicly. You lose money. Everything has to be lose money. There is no way around it. So second infraction, whether it's the first time it was a staffer and the second time it was a booster just being an idiot, there has to be direct hits on it that takes cash out of the pocket of the school. 
I'm not saying it's the greatest answer, but it's the only one that's going to change transfer portal cheating. Trust me, there are several players. There's another window, by the way, real quick. The 16th of April through the 30th this is the next portal window that it's officially open. Up until that point, that's when these inducements happen. All the stuff that matters happens now before the portal opens. Trust me on that. If you're going to get these kids to stay and stick to their word, good luck, you have to be able to go in and do something. I don't know which school it's going to be that's going to get a bomb dropped on them. If there's going to be one, every now and then the NCAA does something like that. It's kind of random. It needs to be pretty soon. And I don't know how they're positioned to do it. If they really want to do it, I, I don't know. I, I would, Again, I think they're pretty toothless until otherwise proven, uh, self-reported, and stuff that's just blatant that comes out. It, it's not that difficult. They need to they need to be able to pull one out and find information, get people to admit things, whatever you want to say, to hammer somebody to stop it. Because right now, I know there are several teams that could be in complete jeopardy because well, certain schools are getting better and coaches are getting raises because they're winning getting some of these kids. It works on the opposite end for the school that loses those players. And of course, it's just the obvious. It's dishonorable. Cheating has always been a part of just about everything, politics, everyday life, businesses, whatever. But this is ridiculous. I'm not talking about here or there. I'm talking about this is just widespread. Let me be very clear. This is very widespread. There is, don't just point if like you see something, school X is in trouble. Trust me, there's a really good chance your school is too. Uh, this is a Florida State podcast, but I'm talking to everybody here. This is a broad-based podcast today because I'm just tired of hearing about the crap. I'm getting ready to go to Under Armour this next weekend in Orlando, and I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of stuff talking about recruiting analysts about cheating in one capacity, the Fafita thing, whatever, whether it was or wasn't. And it's just old. I just want to cover recruiting, talk about rosters in general, and have fun. So that, that's that's what I'm going to do there. Uh, last segment, going to talk a little bit about the opportunity for Florida State to get Mari Williams. That was a big one. We're going to hit that here next at Locked on Seminoles. Right now, FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all you and celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you are going to be checking out the Super Bowl this Sunday, it's all about scoring and get the best seat on the couch. Grab your favorite football snacks and play some Super Bowl bets. Here's the thing. I love to watch the Super Bowl like everybody else. The commercials are great. All that stuff is fun. Check it out. All the opportunities. FanDuel has so many ways you could end the season with a W or two or three. So here's what you can do. You can bet on the game and like the point spread you normally think of, but not only can you figure out who's going to win and bet on that in Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and a lot of other things as well. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet or more comes up with a win. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Now, over the weekend, Florida State got Amari Williams. I want to bring this up, and I'll, I'll talk about it more in a broader sense as we hit into this next weekend. But I want to bring this up to finalize here today. This is a pass rusher or a flex tight end. I think he's just as good, if not better, as a flex tight end that they got out of the Benjamin School down in Palm Beach County in Florida. 
He's a kid that reclassed from the class of 25 to 24. I've talked about him a couple other times on the show. He committed to the Knowles. This is important for a couple of different reasons. Number one, you just got to hit South Florida if you're Florida State. Historically, Bowden, his staff, Jimbo Fisher, everybody that they've had success with, every team that won big, they always had a couple of guys from South Florida. I don't know what it is. They have success down there. Not that there's not a lot of talent, obviously, but Florida State just seems to win when they can get those kind of kids. Amari had offers from all over the country. Great kid. He's 215, 220 pounds. It runs around 11 in the 100 meters. I mean, he's a big dude, but he can he can scoot. Those are the kinds of athletes you have to get if you're going to win big at the major college level. Florida State found a way to get him. They recruited the heck out of him. So did numerous other schools again. But this is something that we've been talking about for a while. Florida State's 24 class is really good. You add him to it now, it, it's a definitively a top 10 class by any measurement you want. And that's a spot that I have beaten up on Florida State's that they have not done a good job of recruiting defensive end, not by Florida State standards. I'm saying they didn't get some good players, but they have not reached the level for which they need. This is the kind of kid athletically you can't have enough of. You can't. You have to be able to rotate your pass rushers constantly. That's a kid that can do it. Here's the other part to what he's got going on. He's just learning. The practice that I saw him at last year, standing there next to him, and I said, what are you going to do today? You're going to do tight end, D end, or how, how does that work? You know, do you rotate? And he said, I get a pick each day. And he said, today I'm going to do D end. But he did a little one-on-one as well with catching the football and he caught a back a back shoulder fade. I'm like, that looks like a 170-pound kid, the way he moves with his hand-eye coordination. Those things are going to translate to putting his hand in the dirt or being a two-point stance, swatting hands off an offensive tackle and bending the edge and getting around the corner. It's up to him. If he figures it out mentally and he has the focus that you really need to go up against, you know, guys that are 300 pounds like a Caden Proctor, then he has a chance to be an NFL player one day. This is a unique, unique football player. So I just wanted to mention that and bring it up because football is not easy to begin with, with all the moving parts and everything that goes into a defense, et cetera. The one thing that really never changes is you're not going anywhere unless you can get to the quarterback in today's game. Florida State picked up a huge one with Amari, and that's, that's something they need to do each and every cycle is get some not just good players from South Florida, but big-time players. Amari is just that. With that, I'm going to wrap up today's show. Please hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. I am all moved into my apartment now and everything's set up. I'm going to be hitting this pretty hard over the next couple of weeks, hoping to have some pretty good fun with the Under Armour event this next weekend. It's in Central Florida. That is Florida State's uh, sweet spot, so there's going to be a lot of information. But with that, everybody have a great day, and thank you very much.